sit here on Christmas Eve and to, to have experienced over this last year. It's easy to sit here on Christmas Eve and to, to question and to doubt, does God really love me? I think the truth is we can all relate with that. And the good news is that Christmas comes to us offering us the, the gift of love. Christmas, where we celebrate the incarnation, where we celebrate God taking on flesh for us, Christmas reveals and reassures our hearts of God's love. And that's exactly what we're going to see tonight in Romans 5 here, especially verses 6 through 11. We are going to see how Christmas reveals, how it holds out to us, and it reassures our hearts of God's love. So let's look at each of those, revealing God's love and reassuring us of God's love. First, as we look at Christmas, we see that Christmas reveals God's love for us. Hear God's word to us in Romans 5, verses 6 through 8. Here we read, For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, Though, for a ha though perhaps for a good person, one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. In verse 8 here, we see perhaps one of the clearest statements of God's love for us in all of Scripture. Here we read that God demonstrates, he shows, he, he reveals his love for us. And, and how does he do that? Well, he does that in that while we were still sinners, when you and I were weak and ungodly, Christ died for us. Now, in saying here that, that Christ's death is what demonstrated this love, Paul wasn't saying that it was only Christ's death that demonstrated this love. Here, Paul seems to be using Christ's death as just a, a shorthand for the entire work of Christ that began in his incarnation. Here tonight, I can say that Christmas reveals God's love for us because we see this all throughout Scripture. John 3.16, one of the most popular Bible verses out there, says that, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son. 1 John 4.9 says the same thing. It says, This is how God showed, how God revealed his love among us. What did he do? He sent his one and only son into the world. We see it's in Christmas, it's in the incarnation that God sending his son, that he reveals his love to the world. It's in all that Christ has done for us, beginning in his incarnation and culminating in his death, that God reveals his love for us. And as we see here in these verses, this love is 100% not dependent upon you and me. Aren't you glad? God, God makes clear in these verses that, that Jesus doesn't leave the glories of heaven where he has spent eternity in perfect fellowship with the Father and the Spirit. He doesn't leave the glories of perfection in heaven that he had to die for those who were worthy or to die for those who were lovable. No, no. He says here, he makes very clear, it was for the weak, it was for the ungodly, it was for the sinner, those who were his enemies. It was for you and me, brothers and sisters, those who were in rebellion against him, that he was born to die. His sacrifice, it wasn't for those who had earned his love, but it was the complete opposite. 
Now, this might not be the best illustration, but I think that it captures something of the the scandalous nature that we're meant to feel as we reflect on these words in Romans 5, 8, of God dying for his enemies. I think we're all aware of the conflict between Russia and Ukraine right now as as you crush us, as you crush us, as as Russia seeks seeks to defend itself from the unjust and immoral immoral invasion by Russia. There is no doubt that these two enemies are, that these two countries are enemies. Now just imagine for a moment, President Zelensky of of Ukraine sacrificing to get Vladimir Putin a, a priceless or an expensive Christmas gift. Just imagine tomorrow morning Putin finding this priceless gift from Zelensky under his Christmas tree tomorrow. I mean, think the, the thought of that just seems ridiculous to us, the thought that Zelensky would do anything for Putin. It just, it's, it's ridiculous here, but in Romans 5.8, what Paul is showing us here is that on a much larger scale, this is exactly what God did for you and me when we were his enemies. We were actively in rebellion against him. And yet in his grace, he chose to set his love on you and me. In his grace, he chose to send his son in love that you and me, his enemies, that he would die for them to show his love. As the Nicene Creed puts it that we recite here regularly, we recite for us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven He became incarnate by the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary and was made human. He did all of that, that he might die on the cross for you and me, for all who trust in him, that we might receive forgiveness of sins, that we might have fellowship with him. That's the gift of love that God is revealing to us here in Romans 5. That is the the gift of love that God is holding out to all of us this evening, that we can have fellowship with him because Christ who was born to die for you and me bore the penalty that we deserved, that our sins might be forgiven, that we might have fellowship with him. This Christmas Eve, I hope you're seeing the infinite degree of love that God has for you that is revealed in the incarnation. I think this Christmas, let us marvel and thank God for his great love displayed for sinners like you and me in Jesus's incarnation, his life, death, and resurrection. This evening here, I think this passage speaks to all who are, who are here who would not consider themselves Christians or those who are here who would, who would perhaps be questioning Christianity. What is this, what is this all about? I think that, that Christmas, that Romans 5 here, this passage, holds out to us the gift of unconditional love that each and every human heart was made for and that each and every single person here desires. We all desire to be welcomed to be loved and accepted with no strings attached. And that is what Jesus is offering us tonight. That is what God is holding out to us in Christmas where Jesus comes and reveals God's love for sinners like you and me. This morning or this evening, if you are here, if you are aware of this desire for love, I would just invite you to turn to Christ, to 
turn to Christ to receive this love that will never let you down. Receive this love that is 100% not dependent upon you, 100% not dependent upon your performance. Christ loves you without all of your accomplishments, and he's inviting you to receive that this evening. It's what we see in Jesus's incarnation here. He holds out the gift of love as first Christmas reveals God's heart of love for you and me. But it does more than that, because in Christmas, it doesn't just reveal God's love for you and me, but it reassures our, reassures our hearts of his love. I think Christmas helps us to see that the same love that compelled Jesus to leave the glories of heaven over 2,000 years ago is the same love that God has for you and for me right now, today. His heart for us is the same today as it was then 2,000 years ago when he came and was born to die. We see this clearly in verses 9 and 10 of Romans 5. Hear God's word. Paul writes, Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if, we, for if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more, now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. In these verses here, God is seeking to, to reassure us of his heart of love for us right now. He does this by showing us his, how his work in the past gives us assurance of his work for us in the future, how his love for us in the past assures us of his love for us in the future, his love for us right now. In verse 9, we see that, that he, that God justified us, if God justified us by his blood then, then we can have confidence, we can have assurance that we will be saved from the wrath of God to come. We can have confidence. In the same way, in verse 10, if we were reconciled to God then, if 2,000 years ago Christ came to reconcile us, then you and I can be assured, we can have confidence that we will be saved by his life. In these verses here, it's as if Paul is saying to you and me, to all of us who would understandably question and doubt God's love for us, it's as if God is saying to us, if I loved you in all of these ways then, if I loved you when you were my enemy, if I loved you in this way when you had zero interest in me, if I did all of that for you then, why are you doubting my love for you now? I think Dane, Dane Ortland here has just summarized these verses so well in saying that God loved us then and he'll love us now. That's what these verses are telling us here. They're telling us that God loved us then and so we can have assurance that he loves us right now. That's what God wants to do. This Christmas, God wants to reassure you of his love for you. He does not want you doubting. And if you're here this evening, if life's circumstances have you questioning God's personal love for you, as you think back over this year, if you think through the suffering or perhaps the painful disappointments that you've experienced, Perhaps even right now, the loneliness of this holiday season has you questioning his love. Perhaps if there's a struggle with sin that has you doubting God's love for you right now, or you think, I've just, 
I've screwed up again. There's no way that God could possibly keep loving me. Hear his word to you. He loved you then. He sent his son Jesus at Christmas to take on flesh, to leave behind the perfection of heaven, to enter into this ruined creation that he might in love die for you, that he might bear the penalty that you deserved, that you might receive the forgiveness of sins and experience this unconditional love that you long for, to experience this intimate fellowship with him, the Father, the Son, and the the Holy Spirit. He loved you in those ways then, and so therefore you can know and have absolute assurance that he loves you now. This is what Christmas shows us. Christmas shows us that God's love for us has no expiration date. There is is no fine print to God's love for us. He loved us then, and he loves us now. He loved you then, and he loves you now. I think this Christmas Eve, tomorrow morning, as we reflect on the beauty and the wonder and the glory of the incarnation before you begin your celebration, I think God is inviting you to remember this love, to, to rest in this love, to rejoice in this love that will never let you down. This love that ultimately is not about you. It's not based on anything you've done or not done, but this love that is just generously lavished and poured out on you. That is what Christmas does. Christmas comes to us and it reveals God's love to us and it reassures us of God's love for us. And as the season of Advent calls us to look forward to Christ's second coming, when he returns, it offers the encouragement that you and I will one day enter this world of love, where for all eternity we will continue to grow in our knowledge and experience of God's love for you. This love that, as the Puritan Jonathan Edwards puts it, is an ocean without shores or bottom. That that is the, the love of God that he is inviting us into. It is this ocean of love with no shores and no bottom. That is what God is, is, is inviting us into this, this Christmas Eve, this Christmas season. It is to see his love, to know his love, and to look forward with great anticipation when Christ returns and we will enter this world of love, forever growing and growing in our experience of his love as the, the bucket, as the, the reservoir, this bucket that holds God's love that is our hearts will continue to grow and grow and grow. It will never be filled. It will never overflow. It will just simply keep expanding as our capacity to experience and know God's love grows infinitely. This is the gift of love that God is offering each of us right now that we might know his love, that we might experience his love, and that we might look forward to his return when we will enter this world of love. Well, as we close, I think we wanna, we wanna close in the only way I think that is possible. We wanna close in the same way that Paul calls us to in verse 11 of Romans 5. We wanna close by rejoicing together. We wanna rejoice that because of the incarnation and all that Jesus did for us, We have been forgiven of our sins, and we can experience fellowship with God right now. Pray with me. Moon Quartet, you can come back up. Let's pray. Oh, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we thank you so much for 
for the invitation that you're holding out to us this Christmas Eve, that you, you come to us with, what, with yet one more gift, the gift of Christ, the gift of, of his love for us, that because of, because of what happened 2,000 years, 2000 years ago in the incarnation, where we look back to the first coming of Christ, we can look and see that he came, that he was born to take on our humanity, that he might die for us, that we might experience fellowship and love with him right now and for all eternity. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would pour this love into our hearts as you tell us you desire to do. Holy Spirit, we ask you to do that. Fill our hearts with your love in this evening and help us to rejoice and to glory in the wonder of the incarnation. Amen. Let us stand and respond to this good news, brothers and sisters.